today on the Almond Journey podcast. The more we can share just those daily, everyday little things, the better. Right now, the orchards are full of blooms. So what a better time than to share a little glimpse into what you get to see on a daily basis. We're celebrating National Almond Day with farmer, blogger, and almond industry advocate, Jenny Holterman. Welcome to the Almond Journey Podcast, brought to you by the Almond Board of California. And happy National Almond Day! If you're just joining us for the first time, on this show we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I'm traveling up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and advance the almond industry. Today, we're traveling down to Shafter, California, to chat with fourth-generation California farmer Jenny Holterman, who some of you might know from her online presence as Almond Girl Jenny. Jenny grew up in a farm family in the Chico area and is now racing the fifth-generation family farmers with her husband in Kern County. On today's episode, we talk about Jenny's journey into industry advocacy, the benefits of sharing your story, and the need for more people from the industry to connect and build trust with consumers. One of the first things I noticed about Jenny is that she talked about growing up on an almond farm in Chico, but now farming almonds down south. She says she's bilingual in that way. Absolutely. Yep. So I grew up in Northern California in Chico. I said almond all my life. I thought everybody said almond until I went to college at Cal Poly and was awakened to the world and realized that almond was like a foreign concept to most people. <laughs> and yeah, I married a Southern Central Valley farmer who says almond. So that was interesting relationship. <laughs> In the beginning, we like to say now that I'm bilingual, I can say both almond and almond interchangeably, <laughs> depending upon the crowd I'm in. But uh, yes, I used to farm almonds. Now we farm almonds. That is awesome. Uh, well, tell me about the operation there in Almond Land, now that you're no longer in Almond Country. So my husband and I graduated college about 12 years ago now and um, moved to um, where his family has been farming. So my husband is also a fourth generation California farmer. His family started farming here in Wasco, California. So they have a long history of farming here in Kern County. And over the course of you know, his grandfather's life, I think he lost count at like 20, 30 different crops that he grew. So <laughs> they were very diversified farmers until about the 70s. They switched from cotton to growing almonds. In the early 2000s, I think is when they switched to solely almonds. And uh, today we are 100% almond farmers. And my husband is the day-to-day -day farmer along with his brother and his father. And we are a family farm in the middle of almond country, surrounded by lots of other almond farmers. But we are a smaller family farm for our neck of the woods. We have a lot of uh, larger almond businesses around us. <laughs> yeah. When did your kind of social media presence start? Kind of how did all that come about? Obviously, what everyone knows is Almond Girl Jenny today. I don't know if it started that way or not, but how did all of that sort of start for you? Yeah, it did. About eight or so years ago now was kind of the blogging like spike. Everyone 
was starting a blog or, you know, trying to figure out how to get messaging out there. And I started a blog eight years ago and I started it as Almond Girl Jenny. And it was my way of correcting misinformation. You know, you Google anything nowadays and so much stuff pops up, but you can only trust so much of that. And I was honestly tired of all the inaccuracies of farming being blasted all over everything and wanted to put a little bit of our truth out there and a day of what happened on our farm. And, you know, as life evolved and social media evolved, I think my blog evolved with all of that. You know, we started a a family. I have a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter now. So as my life evolved with them, I included more of, you know, our kids on the farm and how they are an integral part of our of our farm and showing, you know, what it was like to raise kids in the country on the farm. So that all rolled into that and began sharing, you know, recipes of how to cook with nuts and it evolved with social media. You know, as social media really got a kickstart, I, you know, jumped on all those bandwagons. Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and haven't jumped on the TikTok bandwagon yet, but (laughs) I've really kind of embraced the Instagram world more so than the others. And uh, I love to share, you know, just pictures and videos of our children on the farm and how it is just a, a normal part of our children's upbringing and how my husband and I, you know, we were both raised on the farm and hope that our children love it as much as we do. And they do love being outside in the orchards. You know, we have a fruit orchard and chickens and they love being a part of all of that too. How fun. Well, as you've been doing this, I'm sure you've heard also from, uh, you know, fellow growers that say, boy, that takes a lot of time. You know, what are you getting out of that? Sort of like the question of, you know, I don't know that I could do that because I don't know what would be in it for me. You know, how do you answer something like that? You know, it's all your priorities, I guess. I've made sharing our story a priority of ours because I do see the reward. We make it a priority to just be transparent with what we have. I see that as being rewarding just by, you know, if I can touch a new person, you know, every day or every week that, you know, wouldn't have known anything about farming, then I consider that a success. No, I don't have to reach the masses or have a million followers. I think, you know, you make an impact with your audience, how big or small your audience is, as long as you can make an impact on them. That's our priority, at least. And it it does pay off. You know, about a year and a half ago, we started direct marketing our almonds because I had created this audience and this essentially customer base that I didn't know I was creating it allowed us to start direct marketing a a portion of our almonds and sharing our farm fresh almonds with the rest of the nation. And uh, just by seeing how, you know, that's been able to spread and uh, the reactions and the, the customers that keep coming back because they want that direct tie to their food, that's rewarding. And um, that keeps us doing this every day. That's really cool. And so what did you have to do to make that happen? Because I imagine how you were marketing your almonds before, you know, was probably very different or how you still probably market most of your almonds. What did you have to put in place to logistically be able to say, oh, yeah, I will sell you some of my almonds since we kind of have this online sort of relationship? 
we developed a, a label and an e-commerce website, got ourselves, you know, registered <laughs> all the appropriate licensing and um, fees to start packaging our almonds. So luckily, you know, we do have relationships with um, our processors throughout the state that do uh, market still a, a majority of our almonds from our farm. But I, you know, had built those relationships over the years with them and um, was able to convince them to <laughs> to start co-packing some of our almonds and set aside some that I could sell myself as well. Um, so Definitely without the relationships that I was able to establish with our processors, we wouldn't have been able to, you know, go through all those processes ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, as you were blogging and putting this information out there, I'm sure there's been several instances along the way that have confirmed like, okay, this is reaching people and it is resonating with people. Is there anything you can share, particularly early on that really confirmed, okay, that all of this effort I'm putting into putting the, my story out into cyberspace, like it actually is making an impact. Yeah, it's those positive, you know, comments that you get and the emails. I think those mean a lot. When somebody actually takes the time to send an email saying thank you for what you did, I just learned so much more. That's what is impactful and kind of keeps me keep doing what I'm doing. Even right now, you know, as Bloom is beginning and you know just posting pictures of bees pollinating a flower or, you know, my kids walking through the orchard with the bee boxes just not very far away, you know, showing how this is part of our life and everything that we do here is safe because my kids are, you know, in the orchard. There's nothing I would do here or put on our land that's harmful. You know, getting those comments of, you know, thanks for sharing this and I learned something new today. That's definitely what is the most rewarding for me. Sure. Yeah. I would think, you know, for some people, it's a little bit, I don't know, nerve wracking to kind of put themselves out there in, in a public forum because the internet does have a dark side, right? You get people reaching out, just trying to be negative. Have you had to deal with that? And sort of how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be negativity in anything, any platform. I mean, any position you put yourself in in life, there's always going to be some negative Debbie Downers that try and... Uh, tell you you're doing a terrible job or tell you not to do it. But you just have to think about all the other people that you're impacting and not let those certain voices overshadow the positive voices that you hear as well. But especially when, you know, almonds are in the media, there's always certain times of year, you know, when those articles hit and people are like, almonds are terrible, you know, especially during the drought, people we're trying to convince us that almonds took too much water. But I mean, we know the truth as farmers and we know what we're doing. And it's the communication aspect and just being open to being honest with them. You know, once you put things in perspective with people, I think it's much easier to share your story and to correct those inaccuracies because you know, when you take things out of perspective, it always seems daunting and seems terrible. But when you put things back into perspective and make it more relatable and compare it to maybe some other things that they're familiar with and put things in their terms, right? That's really how you're going to make an impact. And that's really how you're going to make things more relatable to them is by making it understandable in a general context and in their perspective. Because, I mean, we can talk farmer talk all day long 
but the general public is not going to understand what you're saying. So putting it into a perspective that the average person might understand is really the best way to combat those things. And the negativity out there is honestly because people aren't aware. Once you make people more aware of what we're doing, odds are they're going to understand it, but they've probably heard something terrible somewhere along the lines that got them to that perspective. But you just need to help them understand things a different way. But of course, there are always those people that you're never going to change their opinion. So I've learned over the years, there's some people you just don't need to waste your time on and uh, try and change their opinion. And that's what that block button and that delete button are really good at. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Don't shy away from it. Nobody needs that kind of uh, anguish in their lives. (laughs) Um, Well, I I also understand that, you know, you placed in the top 10 for the achievement award at the American Farm Bureau convention this year. So congratulations on that. And I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about your involvement in Farm Bureau and um, how that's gone. Yeah, so um, my husband and I won the California Farm Bureau Achievement Award for our um, role in our farm and for our advocacy and leadership roles. And through that, we were able to compete through the American Farm Bureau and compete against the other states. And we were able to get in the top 10. So that was a great honor. I think it had been like 20 years since somebody from California had made it that far in that contest. So we were honored to have done that. It's an award based off of your agriculture experience in your own business and being a business owner and owning your own farm, as well as your leadership experience. So through Farm Bureau, I have had the opportunity over the last 10 years to take on various different leadership roles. You know, Al actually kind of started... 11 years ago, my husband and I both did the Almond Leadership Program through the Almond Board. And that was kind of my introduction into leadership um, programs and kickstarted <laughs> my advocacy experiences. And from that, I um, served on the, the Young Farmers and Ranchers State Committee for a number of years. I was the California State Chair in 20. 20- 18, I believe. And I just finished my four-year term on the California Farm Bureau Board of Directors. And that really um, was a great opportunity for me to broaden my leadership roles beyond, obviously, my almond industry, but into the whole agriculture industry and how, you know, we as farmers are one voice. But if we can join in other leadership roles and serve on various different boards, then our voices get bigger with that involvement as well. So it really um, was a great opportunity for me to learn more about California agriculture politics and how we can broaden that advocacy. And I had multiple meetings and multiple trips to Sacramento and Washington, D.C., advocating for agriculture. And those are just great learning experiences and relationship building. I have great relationships now with a number of elected officials and, you know, staff members that have opened up lots of doors for me to share my story just in February of 2020, but for the world <laughs> collapsed, essentially. I had the opportunity to speak in front of um, President Trump at a water rally and share our farm message with him. And that was because of a Farm Bureau leadership program that got me involved in that. And I was able to 
have a great opportunity to share my message with President Trump that I don't think I would have otherwise had that opportunity. So I'm thankful for all of my advocacy experiences and leadership that I have had the chance to participate in. If there's somebody out there that, you know, saying, I don't know that I could keep up with a blog and all the social media and stuff, but I would like to get my voice out there a little bit more. What advice kind of would you give them for just getting started in advocacy at some level? Yeah, you know, there are so many great avenues of even just social media nowadays. You know, there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you fancy, there is something for you. You know, if you are a great photographer or love, you know, making videos or just like snippet stories, you know, Instagram is great for that. If you love to dance and, you know, just be goofy and have fun, you know, TikTok is great for that. If you're rather, you know, a writer and prefer to maybe share a long message and maybe not a picture to go with that, you know, Facebook is great. If you want to just jump on and, you know, share a quick sentence blurb of what you've got going on, Twitter is great for that. So there really is something for anybody and whatever you have time for, you know, don't grab it all and, you know, think you're going to master all of the social medias out there. That's absurd. Nobody can do that or has the time for that, right? So, I mean, even myself, I kind of focus on Instagram and just kind of focus on that. And I would encourage you to, you know, pick one that you have time for and roll with it. Anytime you can get on, spend, maybe it's five minutes a day, and maybe that turns into 10 minutes a day. Maybe it's, you know, five minutes over your morning coffee, you can scroll through Twitter and check your morning news and interact with a few things. You know, maybe it's during your lunch break and you can post some pictures of whatever you saw or you did in the morning. Just whatever you have time for, just building in that five minutes a day that's pretty manageable. I think we spend more time in that waiting and, you know, your Starbucks drive through or I think I spend more than that waiting in my kid's pickup line, you know, to pick them up from school. So if you want it to be a priority of yours, you need to make it a priority of yours. And nowadays, I think it is so imperative to share our story and to actually be a face of a farmer so that people know we are family farms. California farmers are still predominantly family farms. And the more we can share just those daily, everyday little tidbit things, I think the better. You know, even right now, the orchards are beautiful or are going to be full of blooms. So what a better time than to share a little glimpse into what you get to see on a daily basis with the rest of the world. Because there are little opportunities that I can guarantee everybody could help educate just one person. I bet if you post something, you might have a family member, a person from church, or, you know, maybe your kid's teacher that you're friends with on social media, and they don't get to see that every day. And maybe they have a question for you of, oh my gosh, thanks for sharing that about almonds. I had no idea why my allergies were acting up. Or, you know, thanks for sharing that little tidbit about bees. Now I know, you know, maybe we won't go out in those blooms because we don't want to, you know, disturb the bees. You know, it's little tidbits that you can share. You'd be surprised with the amount of people, even on your own little friends list, that um, you can educate them about almonds. That's great. And I I love what you said earlier, too, about 
it doesn't have to be a massive audience. That doesn't need to be the goal. It's just making these connections that you'd never be able to make otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to have a, a million followers. I would rather be impactful into a an audience where people are actually listening to me. I think that's more impactful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This has been awesome, Jenny. Thank you so much. Anything else that we either didn't get to or didn't go deep enough on before we uh, let you go? No, I would just encourage everyone to just share your story, even if it is just, you know, in line with the person while you're waiting for your coffee. You know, anybody that you can share a little glimpse into farming, I think that that helps share your message. You know, we are the, I think it's 1% now of people that actually are connected to agriculture. So there is 99% of the world or of America that is extremely disconnected from what we do on a daily basis. So the more we can connect people to their food, the better. And right now, really, during this COVID world that we live in, people have such a strong pull to see that face of the farmer and to know, you know, who is growing my food, that now is the best time to start sharing your story. Well, thank you very much to Jenny Holterman for sharing her story with us here on the podcast today. You can learn more about all the various things she's up to at her website, almondgirl.com. And of course, you can probably find her on most every social media platform at Almond Girl Jenny. Technically, I don't have an ABC update for you here today, but during my interview with Jenny, I thought she gave a really clarifying answer about the roles various organizations play and their importance to the almond industry. So before we wrap up today, I thought I'd share that clip with you. The Almond Board is a commodity organization run essentially through USDA, and they are unable to lobby or really take any advocacy roles of such. And obviously that's why they rely on their members and their members to have those voices enabled to do. So there are, you know, through the Farm Bureau, as well as the Almond Alliance, the organizations like those, um, you know, Western Growers, those organizations are allowed to uh, be political and uh, lobby and advocate for the farmers. So it really is important to be involved in, you know, these different organizations. Everybody kind of has their role and being involved in those various organizations kind of help you amplify that role in yourself. So not everybody is going to be political. Um, not everybody is going to be interested in, in research or, you know, marketing. And that's okay. I think that's great that we have all these different options for farmers to take advantage of in whatever their role is. You know, through the Almond Board, I sit on um, the Global Communications Committee, which is Great. Um, I've sat on a number of different communications and marketing committees over the years, and that is kind of my expertise in analyzing and learning about all the different markets and how we advertise and communicate to our various markets. But there are also some great you know, research committees. We have some committees looking at you know, low dust. They do have something for everyone and whatever your expertise is is available to you there. So I would encourage anybody to um, get a hold of that list and uh, find out what committee might interest you. Thanks one more time to Jenny Holterman and happy National Almond Day to all of you. Here at the Almond Journey podcast, we believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing voices of industry leaders, people like Jenny, may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. 
And that's exactly why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I sure hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And please pass it along to someone else you know in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together.